does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell, and it is brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven to Save Lives.org is their website. Lots of ball to talk about, some racing, and, you know, how it is. We got plenty to talk about on a night like tonight. Right now, though, less of me and more of the star of the show. Our scoreboard update tonight. Is that Eddie Garrison? Is Eddie working tonight? Brad Huber is the man. Brad, my apologies. Welcome to the show, brother. It's good to be with you this evening, but a lot to get to. We'll start with some soccer. Indy 11 trying to get a win as they've struggled of late. They don't do it today at home. They lose to Monterey Bay 3-2. Monterey Bay scored two second-half goals to get the win. Playoff hockey for both of our teams across the state. Both teams lost in Game 1 of their series last night and not looking that great right now. Cincinnati Cyclones lead the Fort Wayne Comets 2 to nothing. That is approaching the end of the second period. And and 10 minutes to go in the third period, the Indy Fuel are trailing the Toledo Walleye 3-1. to Minor League Baseball, Memphis Redbirds beat the Indianapolis Indians 7-2. South Bend Cubs winners over the Great Lakes Loons 4-2 in the Fort Wayne Tin Caps playing, and they are trailing to Peoria 3-1. to For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Brad Huber. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Great to have Brad Huber with us. Always great to have Brad Huber with us. Nathaniel Finch, also fantastic to have him. And it's tremendous to have Hall of Fame broadcaster, the legendary voice of the Indianapolis Indians, Howard Kelman, joins me. Howard, thanks so much for your time. Bad news for the Indians. Memphis gets them tonight 7-2. to two. Well, Bob, the Indians again started off on the right foot. They got a two-run homer from Miguel Andujar, and they led 2 nothing with two outs and nobody on in the fourth inning, and Osvaldo Beto was sailing along. Then he walked a batter, gave up a hit, another hit, a three-run homer, and the game turned around. And the Indians didn't do any further scoring the rest of the game, and Memphis added on. So... Memphis has won the first five games of this series, and overall, Memphis has 12 consecutive victories. Yikes. We need to stop this right now, okay? Well, uh, we have one more game right to now. do it. Uh, we have one yeah. more game to do it in this series, and that's tomorrow afternoon when the Indians play in Memphis, and they have Luis Ortiz on the hill, and they're coming home on Tuesday. We talked about it last night. Uh, Memphis is, uh, you know, pitching very well, knocking the cover off the ball right now. Uh, it's a lethal combination the way they're playing to this point. 
It is, from the Indians' perspective, the first game they lost in this series was a very tough loss. They had a one-run lead in the ninth inning, and Memphis got back-to-back home runs. But these last four games, the Indians have lost by at least four or five runs in every one of these games, and that's most unusual. Even if you're not having a good season, and Mm -hmm. it's very early Mm -hmm. anyway, you still don't lose by four or five runs four straight nights. No, you don't like to, but uh, you mentioned you got another shot at it tomorrow. Who's on the hill tomorrow? Luis Ortiz, fine young right-handed pitcher. And the Indians will be back home Tuesday to host the Columbus Clippers, 635 Victory Field. Dollar menu in effect, the start of a six-game series, and you know they'll be glad to get back home. No, no question. Nothing better than being back home in the friendly confines of Victory Field. We got some positives, though, we can talk about tonight, do we not? What, what good things? Who, who has a day, uh, who plays well in this loss for the Indians? Well, the guy who really stands out is Miguel Andujar. As I mentioned, he had a two-run homer. He right. got off slowly the first week of the season, but he's come on, and he's really got his timing down, swinging the bat very well. This is a guy who had a terrific rookie season for the New York Yankees in 2018, was runner-up to Shohei Otani for the Rookie of the Year. Then he hurt his shoulder and hadn't been the same, and he's bounced around. Now he's trying to come back. He's not on the 40-man roster, but he's trying to earn a spot and get back to the major leagues. And if he keeps playing the way he is, he'll do just that. Indians lose to Memphis 7-2, back home uh, Tuesday, play again tomorrow, play Memphis again tomorrow, back home on Tuesday, get out to the uh, ballpark and support them. Howard Gelman, you're the best. I always uh, enjoy my weekend conversations with you. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great weekend. Bob, as always, thank you very much. Thanks very much. Brad Huber, my apologies, brother. I didn't know you were working tonight, and now I'm very happy. I was happy anyway, but I'm ecstatic that you are sitting in tonight so we can talk some racing. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, Coach, and I can't say I blame you because normally on Saturday nights we're at Paragon, and since we had the weekend off, I thought I'd come and uh, hang out with you guys a little Ah. bit tonight. And we appreciate it. So how's it going at Paragon Speedway? It's going well. We've had uh, a couple of good races. We had uh, a great late model race last weekend. Uh, We've had a lot of good crowds, uh, and we've had some really nice nights of racing. So we've got off to a good start, and uh, uh, the Woodwards, who are the new owners of the track, have done a lot with it, put in new bleachers, Mm -hmm. put in new... Mm -hmm. Uh, scoring tower, put in new concessions. So uh, if you're listening, you should come out and check us out. We'll be back in action next Saturday and go through the uh, eve of the Indianapolis 500. Oh, and they had the good sense to put you behind the microphone as they the did. track announcer. That, I can see why the crowds are up. Uh, that makes, <laughs> a, I, an absolute cause and effect relationship between you and the crowds increasing. <laughs> it makes sense to me. You know, I'd love to think that I had something to do with it, but uh, you know, I'm I'm a small part of a big team, and uh, you know, Come we love working now. there, and uh, yeah, we have we have a lot of fun on Saturday nights, and uh, knock on I'll wood, uh, everybody's been fairly healthy so far on the racetrack. We had a big crash <laughs> in one of the races uh, that were uh, right. uh, one of the drivers had to go to the hospital, but she was Ooh. relatively okay. So hopefully, we'll keep it clean uh, as we go through the rest of the season.
you are the man. I'm glad you're here because I know how much you love this time of year. Brad Huber, scoreboard updates every 15 minutes. We have a lot to talk about. We're glad you're with us. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. Let's talk some soccer. Greg Rakestraw joins me. Uh, Indy 11 lose to Monterey Bay 3-2. to two. Uh, Up in the second half, let a lead escape them. So with me, grumpy Greg Rakestraw. Tough loss tonight for the 11. I think I'm grumpy because I'm cold, Bob. It was chilly out there. That's, uh, you know, six days in the 80s. It kind right. of spoiled me uh, last week because it felt like like November out there tonight. Yeah, yeah. But yes, uh, yeah, I'd probably be in a better mood had a two-one lead not turned into a three-two defeat in half number two. I'm okay with dealing with grumpy uh, media people. I'm, I'm good with it. I, you know, I think it gives us some authenticity, quite frankly, and I'm glad we do this. So we're up three. We're we're, we're leading in the second half. What half? Because this is a team that's defensively pretty sound. So how did this get away from them? Yeah, correct. And it's been a team that's been struggling to score. They've been controlling possession, passing it very well, creating chances, and just not finishing it. So at half number one, we score twice, one from Solomon Asante, Another from Sebastian Wenzati. These are two of the all-time great goal scorers in the history of our league. The mm-hmm. defense kind of breaks down. And credit Monterey Bay. Uh, and I think what we are seeing, the Indy 11 has played four consecutive games against the Western Conference. And I do right. think that the West is the power conference. And, again, this this is the first year since we have been in this league. This is year six of us being in the USL. This is the first time that everybody's going to play everybody. We're going to play everybody in the West mm. once, play everybody in the East twice. The schedule math works out. It's an easy 34 games to figure out from a math standpoint. But in those four games against Western teams, we have pulled all of one point uh, in terms of a draw Yikes. against Las Vegas three weeks ago. Right. Um, you know, they, They've largely been competitive games. The Oakland game got a bit out of hand. But this is the first time, I think, in those four weeks that I think Mark Lowry kind of – you know, it has some questions for his team's performance. Um, part of it is a couple of players short defensively and a couple of guys hurt, and Adrian Dispay, uh, as, as well as, uh, as Gustavo Ricci, who is largely his backup as a center back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I also just think it was maybe a, a couple of lapses defensively in the second half. I think Monterey Bay is a good team. I think you add those two things up, and what was a 2-1 lead turns into a 3-2 loss, unfortunately. All right, what's coming up next for the 11? So our next league match uh, will be on Saturday night at home against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is always a tough team, but it is a team Mm -hmm. that we are familiar with because we play them on a regular basis. In between that is the U.S. Open Cup, and we won our second-round match in the Open Cup competition three weeks ago against the Michigan Stars, who play in NISA, a league that's a level below us. This time we're playing up. We'll play at the Columbus Crew on Wednesday night at 7.30. It's mm. our first match against an MLS team in seven mm-hmm. years in that competition. Wow. The Columbus will wow. be the favorite, but uh, we'll hopefully have some motivation and hopefully we can uh, uh, land our first win against an MLS side in this cup competition. Uh, hopefully we can do that on Wednesday night. That is exciting. That, that you know, I, I think that's pretty pretty cool. Uh, so we're, we're all hopeful that it comes that way uh please tell me that thursday will be here before i know it 
As in the NFL draft is what you're referring to, I yeah. would assume. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're now yeah. less than five days away. And since we've been Man. largely talking about the same thing for the Indianapolis Colts for the last two months, <laughs> we're all giddy about the fact that Thursday is his final. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Here. Fine. Well, you know, you have to be excited about it, too. I mean, there are only so many ways you can can say we don't really know because of the people in front of us don't seem to know or don't seem to be sharing. So no, no, no definition in terms of what the choice is. But here again, for the 1000th time are our options. I think we got it right now. I know I'm up against it time-wise, so I'll keep this brief, and I'm sure we'll expound on it uh, after this uh, upcoming scoreboard update and break. Again, I, I think the C.J. Stroud news coming out of Houston, I think that's all smokescreen and BS. I think he's their pick at right. two. I think for the Colts, the draft really begins at three. What is Arizona going to do with that third pick? Use it, trade it, et cetera. That's, to me, where the intrigue begins for Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts. You are a pro, right? I mean, it's just you should host this show. You have hosted this show. Never mind. Greg Gregstraw, stay with us. We'll talk more with him after the scoreboard update. Let's talk some college baseball here today. The Indiana Hoosiers stepped out of Big Ten play and defeated the Ohio Bobcats out of the Mid-American Conference 17-2. The Purdue Boilermakers trail Maryland. They got to the middle of the seventh inning before play was suspended for the day because of severe weather. That will be made up at 10 a.m. tomorrow, followed by their Sunday game at noon. Notre Dame and Virginia, that got postponed until noon tomorrow. They'll play a doubleheader. Wright State defeated Purdue-Fort Wayne 17-6. That took place at Indiana Wesleyan University today. The Ball State Cardinals swept the Northern Illinois Huskies today, 5-2 in Game 1, 16-12 in Game Number 2. Valpo squeaked by UIC, 5-4. Butler defeating Seton Hall, 12-10. Evansville defeating Murray State, 7-6. Southern Indiana is playing right now, and they are getting hammered, 18-7 by Eastern Illinois. And Indiana State won on an air today over Southern Illinois, 6-5. Greg Rakeshaw's UND Greyhounds, they split with Southwest Baptist today, winning 12 to 1 in game one, losing 4 to 3 in game two. Uh, Purdue Northwest uh, split with Grand Valley State, winning game one, 5 to 4, losing 14 to 10 in game number two. Earlham swept Defiance 4 to 3 and 18 to 4 this afternoon. Uh, Franklin, coaches uh, Franklin, they swept Rose Holman today, 17 to 8 and 4 to 3. Transylvania. They uh, split with Hanover, 10-3 in Game 1 for Transylvania. Hanover winning Game 2, 6-3. Anderson swept Manchester, 8-4 and 10-8. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talks, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. The best at what he does, Greg Rakestraw, stays with us. All right, Greg, draft day, drafting on Thursday. Uh, I I believe fully that they'll at some point make this an entire week. Uh, why why stop it? Why stop it Thursday? Why not just go ahead and start it on Sunday? Take the entire week, and uh, that's that's my prediction. Uh, but there you have it. It, it is. Um, 
I, I think all the interest obviously makes sense because we all recognize how important this draft is for a team that didn't play well and, and really needs a thorough job of rebuilding at certain spots. And, and that's why there's so much at stake. Correct. And, and, and we, when you are in a position where you almost know you're going to take a quarterback – but you don't know which one you're going to get, either trade up to get or be available mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. if you pick at number four. You know, this is not 1998, you know, Leaf versus Manning. This is not right. 2012, you know, Luck versus RG3. But it slots in right underneath of that. You know, the, the Colts mm-hmm. have had the sixth pick and got Quentin Nelson. Things went well for that. And the one thing that, that I will tell people, when the Colts have had – a high draft pick recently, good things have happened immediately. You know, in, in Peyton Manning's rookie year, they just won three games. But the next right. year, they won 13. When they drafted Edron James at four, they won 13 games the next year. When they drafted Dwight Freeney at 11, they won 10 games the year after that. Mm-hmm. When they drafted Andrew Luck, they won 11 games that season. They drafted Quentin Nelson, they won 10 games and won a playoff game. So typically, you know, what I'm saying is when the, when the Colts have had some downtime over the last 25 years, they typically have bounced back quickly. And I do believe they can do that if they might make the right selection at the quarterback position. You're asking them to go out, if you think about it, you're asking them to uh, pick a literally a franchise quarterback. And, and I'm not I'm not in that business, but I would think that's a daunting task to look ahead and project someone to be that kind of guy. It is, but you know what? There's 32 guys that think they can do exactly that. That have roles yeah. as team presidents, as team general right. managers. Given the the hours upon hours that those guys spend in the film room, scouting, etc., and and frankly, NFL offense will always be complicated. But the NFL offensively is more like the college game than it ever has been, to where mm-hmm. guys can come in and be difference makers, I, I think, immediately. And, and offenses are kind of catered, I think, to younger, more athletic quarterbacks than they ever have been. So, so I'm not going to sit here and say that the Colts can be a, a 12-win team next year. But right. I do think that, again, they're in a division, while they haven't won it in eight years, they're in a division where you can come in and be competitive in quick fashion if you pick that right player. And don't forget, it's more than just a quarterback. Um, there are there there happen to be more than one round of picks, and uh, you talk about a quarterback. It would be nice to shore up the guys who he might throw to uh, as they move forward. Correct, and so the immediate needs other than quarterback, you're looking at a wide receiver potentially in round two, uh, a cornerback potentially after that because he traded away Stephon Gilmore and got a fifth-round pick back for that. Um, There's always a need for more help at offensive line, but you got largely veterans that are coming back. They've got to play better than they did last year. But, again, I I think it's going to be coaching those guys up, scheming those guys a little bit better. Um, But in terms of sheer talent, to me, almost as obvious as it is a quarterback at pick four would be wide receiver at pick number 35 and try to mm-hmm. get cornerback help, say, in, in round number three. Again, it's, it's not like you've got needs across the board, but you've got two or three definitive positions that you've got to address early in the draft if you're Chris Ballard and company. See, I'm so glad. I know you've... 
do a daily show from time to time on our flagship station and are part of that. And uh, I, I couldn't, you know me, I couldn't do it um, because you're smart <laughs> and you, you, you have this ability to talk about everything and you're an expert on everything. Ah, those days for me have come and gone. I, um, plus, you know, same, you know, the same discussion day after day kind of drives me crazy anyway, but you do it and do it well, but it's going to be fun. It's going to, you know what? And the, the, and the buildup to it is incredible, obviously. And that's why there's so much drama involved in it. And that's why uh, everybody's seen it. We're literally on the edge of their chairs waiting for this to begin on Thursday. There is obviously an inverse relationship. You know, if you had a great season previously, a little less interest in that team in the draft. If your season struggled the way the Colts did, where you didn't win for the last two months of the year, all of a sudden, April 27th is your salvation. And and that is what Colts (laughs) fans are hoping. Um, Again, it doesn't mean that it's guaranteed to be an immediate turnaround. And, And we can't stress this enough, okay? This quarterback class, let alone the Colts getting the third or fourth best quarterback in it, this isn't going to be Andrew Luck. It's not going to be Peyton Manning. It's just not. Right. Well, they draft thank that you position for- is one that can help this team and kind of get this thing headed in the right direction. Thanks for bringing in inverse relationship to the show. I believe it's the first time those words have been uttered. So thank you for making us all smarter by bringing that in. You're the best. I appreciate you taking time to join me. Have fun uh, this coming week, and I'll track you down. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. He is really good, isn't he? I mean, if you haven't already figured that out, I'm, uh, I have no help for you, quite frankly. Coming up, we're going to talk some Purdue football. Rob Blackman will join us in the next hour. The uh, you know the spring game wrapped up just a few uh, few minutes ago, or it wrapped up earlier today. So we clearly want to talk about that. Uh, we're also since we have Brad Huber in on the school board updates, we're we're talking racing because there's nothing about racing he doesn't know. Uh, and when you're at the Paragon Speedway, stop by and say hello to him. He's the track announcer, and uh, I know him well enough to know he's really good at it. So make sure you do that. Also, later on, I'm going to talk a little college baseball. We got a lot of college. Frankly, we got a lot of college baseball we're talking about tonight. So a little football, a little racing, a little baseball. That's a pretty good lineup. Stay with us. Scoreboard update. Top of the hour with. The aforementioned Brad Huber. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.